0: You're listening to Rogue Agents, episode 35, featuring Pat's Charlie. 5th episode of Rogue Agent Podcast, a part of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast channel, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I am your host for this episode, Agent Jason, codename Weasel Skull, and joining me this fine evening is co-agents, and we're going to go around the horn and find out what kind of 007 things they've been up to since the last time we checked in. We'll start off with my brother from my actual mother, Jared Albrecht, the art sale artist, also known as Death Probe. I got to think of something that I've done. <laughs> I forgot about this part of the show. <laughs> uh, slept through Christmas. I've got uh, photographic evidence of that. Yeah. I've had Christmas twice. I get it, Pat. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm giving you no further, no further comments from <laughs> you, sir. Well, hey, I'm glad to be back. I haven't done anything terribly Bond-like, really. Not you mentioned it because uh, I've been pretty lazy over the holiday season. I've been sleeping and enjoying my cocoa. And uh, have you been, been George Lazy B? Yeah, I've been George Lazy B, like before things got bad on, uh, on Peace Gloria. You know, I had a pretty good run there for a couple days. That's about where I've been, just you know, without any
0: sex. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate, Jared. Let's pass it over to Delvin and see if he can spice things up. How are you, Delvin, a.k.a. Delacoyed? What have you been up to? Ah, not too much. It is holiday
2: season. I went back home. My brother just got a new place. And so my wife and I went, Kate went and set, slept in this new place and then got to see a lot of family. And it was good. If I had to tie something Bond-related to that, it would be on the drive back. It was gloomy. And I, the sun never, never shined, never shone. Uh, as we were driving back. And then once it got dark, somewhere along South Carolina, if you've ever been on 85, either North or South, it's always under construction. I've been living in Charlotte for six plus years. It is always under construction. And so driving back, it was rainy. It was dark because we're at the time of year that it gets dark about like 3.30 in the dang afternoon. And I'm driving back raining and there's Jersey walls to my left and like an 18 wheeler to my right. And my depth perception was a little screwed. So I couldn't tell how close those Jersey walls were. So I am white knuckling the freaking steering wheel. Like, oh my God, don't screw the car.
0: Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So you're like bonding right. quantum and solace in the opening scene, just in that tunnel, just.
2: Freaking nerve wracking,
0: man! Yeah. Nerve
2: wracking. I could have. If somebody was shooting at me, you know, like I, I may have left the deposit in my pants region. <laughs> so I'm glad that that wasn't the case. I'm glad it was only slightly bond like and not fully boned.
0: All right, all right. Well, let's pass it on over to Pat DJ Cristados. What have you been up to?
3: Well, you know, it is just towards the end of Christmas time, and so what I've been doing i have been doing some baking. I made some donuts. I want wow. to give you guys some donuts. I'm going to pass them out to everybody. Okay. Ooh, and you. just, you know, everybody take a bite, and we'll see if anybody found the prize that I put in it.
2: I'm I'm good on that. I, I don't know. I've had right. enough desserts already. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pass on that donut. Oh, it's pretty nice. good. Yeah? yeah? All right. Good. Good for uh,
0: you.
3: No, yeah, why is it jelly-filled? It's, cool it's
0: jelly-filled. Jelly oh, okay. Jelly-filled. Yeah, so filled. when you bite oh.
3: into it, it might splat out and, like, you know, and just splat a jelly on you. Oh,
0: oh, I get it.
3: I get oh, it. it. Oh, it's a reference. <laughs>
0: oh, it's a reference for today. All right. Yeah, just call like me donuts. It. All right, donut, Krispy Kreme. Let's go over to Alan and see what he's been up to over this uh, joyous holiday season.
4: Not much, just relaxing. Until this morning when the smoke detector in my office right above my head here went off, as they always do at ridiculous time in the morning. And got up, changed the battery. That didn't do anything, kept going up. So started my day, perched on top of a ladder, basically trying to remove a smoke detector from the ceiling and was up there trying to disconnect wires so I could take it down. And I thought this is just like defusing a limpet mine or something. You know, I'm bump-like up on top of the ladder that was shaking and trying to Trace the wires. Do I cut the red one? Do I cut the white one? Which one? And then I just ripped the whole whole damn thing down and that the trash. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I
0: would have done too. Was it is it does it happen to also be a CO2 monitor? <laughs> 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 you know. All right, everybody watch Alan. If he starts looking sleepy during this episode, we may have to Well,
4: I thought it was be- better to do that than be on this episode and every every five seconds you just hear it beep in the background. So uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's usually what happens when I talk It's fast. Well, that's five, true. Five they got to beat me out. <laughs> oh, by the way, yes, of course, I watch Majesty's at Christmas as well. So, oh, duh.
0: Oh yeah, I did that. Too. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what are we amateurs? Of course, we're oh, watching. Majesties. And Alan and I recorded the final episode of Six of the Best.
4: We did indeed.
0: Oh boy, I, I hear it was a little bit of a tearjerker. It was a very emotional moment. Yes. i wait- I can't wait to to listen to it. The last episode. And then, well, we got some we got some things. We got some irons in the fire, as we like to say. So yeah, what have I been up to over Christmas? I am glad you asked. So I, I did a lot of cooking. I uh cooked a nice salmon, I made some mashed potatoes, homemade mashed potatoes, I had some had a nice veggie tray. I kind of cheated on dessert, went to Sweet Lee's and got a ice cream cake. So It was a a really good Christmas dinner. Not a lot of Bonnie and things. I don't think Bond really celebrates Christmas. Except, as we all know, and the world is not enough. Boy, did he celebrate Christmas. Twice. Mm -hmm. There you go, Pat. Brought it home to you. That he did. All right. So this episode is the 35th episode of our ongoing series on this channel called MI6 Rogue Agents, where we traverse the 007 universe. That could mean books, that could mean music, that could mean video games, essentially anything that connects to the Bond franchise that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. And for this podcast, we're going to traverse a Bond actor in a new movie called Fast Charlie.
3: I'm not an enforcer. I'm more like a... um... A fixer. Exactly. exactly. I have to convince a certain person that the body in that trunk out there is indeed Rolo.
4: Something happened to his face?
3: What the f***? It's missing. Along with the rest of his head. Betrayal's a funny thing. It's very is to catch you unaware.
2: You ever heard a ring doorbell? Oh,
0: we're under
1: attack.
3: Go
0: Stan's gone.
3: And you should be too. I've always had one rule, Sal. Be good to the people who were good to you. Be good to yourself, Charlie. And get as far away from here as you can. You turned on your own. You to get out of Biloxi, Charlie.
0: That's what everyone keeps telling me.
1: That 50 grand could really change things for me. I'm going with or without
2: you.
3: Charlie. i got more men than you got bullets bullets are easy to get what do you want you not breathing and how are you gonna do that i'm doing it you
4: know you really ought to start thinking about an exit plan what are you waiting for pull the trigger charlie
2: You're
3: in over your head. I don't like loose hands. He
2: was my second best guy.
1: I'm looking forward to meeting number one.
0: I kind of deviated from the books that I've been having folks read and thought, hey, let's take a little break and let's see what good old Pierce Brosnan's been up to since his Bond days and, and check out Fast Charlie. So a little bit about Fast Charlie. The movie starred Pierce Brosnan, Morena Bakarin, and James Kahn. It was released this year, 2023, and the director was Philip Noyce. So a little bit about the plot description. So Charlie Swift is a Louisiana hitman in the twilight of his career. The times are changing, and the new generation of crime bosses don't fit Charlie's style. Before he can shuffle off to a life of bingo parlors and midday martinis, however, a new captain decides he's going to give himself a promotion by killing Charlie's boss and the rest of his crew. Charlie decides to prolong retirement until he can show these newcomers that some rules don't change. Loyalty is paramount, and those who forget it, Charlie will make sure they learn their final lesson. All right, folks, I'm going to go around the horn. It's probably just a formality because it's so new, but maybe you guys had watched it before, and this is a rewatch. Let's check it out. Alan, was this first watch or a rewatch for you? First watch for me. All right, Delvin. First watch for me, Jason. Pat. It's a first watch for me. Jared is a new movie, so I know unless you watched it for the show, you weren't going to watch it. Yeah, I didn't even watch it at all. It used to be based, uh, all my comments are based off the trailer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, I watched it last night, actually.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, it was a first watch for me as well. I kind of front loaded this uh, viewing rainbow, if you will, but. Uh, uh, so we all went into it new. Let's do what we do and do some highs and lows. And you know what, Pat? We're going to let you kick
3: it off. All right. Well, I didn't know what to expect on this movie going into it. I don't remember seeing any kind of a trailer for it, so I was just unprepared on what I was going to see. And so yeah, it's weird because I sent a trailer and group text to everybody about a month ago. Did you get to oh. know
1: you
0: reading my text? Well, he <laughs> <laughs> and he made a little joke about this would be a good uh, Vietnam War movie. <laughs> didn't Something? I? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Pat, didn't you read Jared's text? Right there. I, I, I mean, I read it. with
1: everybody. I said, I'm not so sure about the southern accent, but it grew on me by the end of the trip. Uh, I hate you I'm, all.
3: I hate you all. No, no. Okay. Now I remember. I guess I did. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. I think it's right by the calendar. I still yeah. haven't <laughs> seen that either. <laughs> I'm a liar. I guess, well, okay. I didn't see a trailer on TV. Okay. So let's put it like that. So I didn't know how good it was gonna be or what it was going to be. And so, like Jared, I started watching it late last night about a little after 12 this morning, I guess. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do my typical Pat thing. I'm gonna watch it. If I start to fall asleep, then, you know, eh, I can make my some of my judgments on there. I watched the whole thing. It was only like 90 minutes long. And it kept me engrossed in this. So. I want to say hats off to the the writer, the direction and all that. It seemed to go pretty good on this where it kept me interested with the characters in the story that it was being told. It was totally different than what I was thinking it was going to be. So I'll leave it at that. Let some others say some things and then they come back around and I'll have something else to say. All right. I'm yeah. just eat my donut first, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just make sure, you know, it's, you don't know which one has the blasting cap in
3: it. So be careful. Yeah, you know, I'm trying something new. Just trying something new.
4: <laughs> All right, Alan, what do you have to add? I'm actually going to start off with a bit of it. I'm going to get on my soapbox here about a couple of things. We should not. This movie did, but it's a general complaint I have about modern movies. Things, A couple of things that they do, which I really hate. And this one did it. The one is the the title card to tell you where the location is, which they didn't do for the first half of this movie. They actually introduced the fact they did that great opening scene of him driving through the town and I was trying to work out where they were. And then it came out through the dialogue that they were in Biloxi and stuff and that. And then they go to New Orleans and we get a stupid title card that says New Orleans with a panning shot of a Mississippi boat and Bourbon Street. Five minutes later, Piers Brosnan, as he says, New Orleans in the dialogue. You don't need the title card. Just, we're all intelligent people. They said they were driving to New Orleans. They're clearly in a new town. Why put up a title card, the big title card that says New Orleans? And then right at the end, they put one up, spoilers, right at the end for when they were in Italy, for like 10 seconds of footage. Yeah. It, it, drives, me, really- it drives me nuts in modern movies, why they feel audiences need these big title cards whenever they change location. Particularly in that sort of instance when they say, hey, we're going from town A to town B, and then they're clearly in a different town. I think we can work out they turned up in town B. Just to make it worse for you, Alan, they did put a Biloxi, Mississippi title card. <laughs> did they? Okay, yeah. maybe I missed that bit. You must have,
1: because uh, we were watching it, and Com Officer School for the Air Forces in Biloxi. So, uh, you, like you said, they were doing those establishing shots. I'm sitting there with Johanna, and I was like, I think that's Biloxi. Pretty sure that's Biloxi, because i have been there several times. And then it went... Boom, on the screen. Blocks. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs> Maybe I was having a sip of coffee or something. Yeah. So but, at least they were consistent in the thing. All right. And at least they are consistent, like but, it's, but it still bugs <laughs> the hell out of me. Uh, and so many movies do it, and I, I just find it insulting. And it's bad storytelling. Um, all right. I, I, I know. Hang on. I've got one more okay. soapbox. Okay. Okay. Gonna, I I keep go. that soapbox out. Keep it going. Yeah. All right. My other thing that I hate that they did in this movie is magic technology that suddenly has the button that pre- progresses the the plot forward. How many of you have got a printer that has a big button on it that says print last document? <laughs> Johanna said that when we were watching. She's yeah. like, I've never seen that button. Have you ever owned a printer that has that no. button on it? No. It's have you ever a printer that-
2: <laughs> every printer has that. Like, Alan, you're, you're English. So over here in the States, that's every printer has yeah, that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah. I can
3: do that for my print server at work, but I can't do that at all. <laughs> I, I don't,
2: yeah, no, I know. Yeah,
4: yeah, my printer, printer has has right, that sat right here does not have a big button on it that says print last document. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox now and I'll talk about the movie next time around. But those two things bugged the hell out of me.
0: No, that's OK. That's what we know what we're getting when we bring you on board. Alan. We know that soapbox is coming with you. We love it. And that's why you're here. All right, Delvin, what do you got? Hi, low. what the? Uh, let's uh,
2: give Marina Backer in a
0: high. How about that? How
2: about doing that? Like She has a knack, right? Like I've seen her in quite a few things, like just off the top of my head. She was in Deadpool and she was in Firefly. So I just happened oh, yeah. to have on a,
0: a mm-hmm. Firefly, Firefly shirt. Yeah.
2: And she has a knack. It's like does before she gets into like a movie, it's like, I wonder, does she like research the person that she is going to be having chemistry with in a romantic sort of way? And it's like, does she, does she look at the movies? Does she read their past? And the reason why I ask is, like, she's really good at relating to that main character that way. The average person just seemed like the biggest stud or the most interesting person, and you can tell that she's interested in ways that aren't exactly over the top. It's kind of, in a sense, the opposite of what Alan was saying about them putting Biloxi, Mississippi, or Tuscany, Italy, or whatever. They never had to have her say anything like, You know, I'm really interested in you, Charlie. Yeah. Like she, but she did it in so many different ways while staying true to the character that they gave her. She was hardened, she was cautioned uh, or cautionary, uh, she was cynical. While at the same time, when Charlie sort of started approaching her, he was disarming to her because he was honest and he had zero angle whatsoever. And he showed an interest in her taxidermy as well. And so like those things are what started like the chemistry. And it just worked out so well that even in a 90 minute plot, it just like, so I want to give her her roses. She is oftentimes not the star, but
3: usually the supporting actress.
2: And she just did an amazing
3: job in this movie. I want to kind of build off of that off of another note that I had here is they didn't even use any, you know. You were thinking, oh, they're going to get some, we're going to see the lovemaking or, you know, get close to that. And they didn't at all. And that was all right with me. You know what? I thought that was very cool. It's just that tension between them that Devlin was kind of saying that that chemistry that they had together really made you feel, uh, you know, for the two characters. And they didn't need to go overly overboard, like, you know, try to sell the flesh and all that. And, you know, even in the action, it wasn't super gory at all that you thought it would be. Because they're like, hey, there's a body count in this thing. Well, yeah, there is. But it's not bad. But that was another plus for me.
0: No, I I hear what you're saying, Pat. I agree. And I, I think Delvin brings up a good point as well. To me, I thought one of the coolest storytelling aspects of it was when Charlie bring, brings her the dead uh, raccoon. I mean, what what kind, of, what kind of romantic gesture is that? But for her, that's that was her love language. Uh, He was saying, Hey, I hear you. I know what you're into. And then there was the scene when he's like, just trying to make conversations like, Oh, how are you doing with my, with old Rocky, the raccoon there. And she's like, Oh, I'll get to it. You know, I I got other Mm -hmm. stuff to do. And then you see, she's actually (laughs) working on it. And that's, that's kind of the, the story that they're telling is These two are coming together and And they're being a little bit coy, you know, a little bit flirtatious and a little bit guarded. It's really well done. I I agree, Delvin. And
2: And by the time they got to that, the scene where she's like, don't you do it. Don't you fall in love with me. And he was like, too late. That was believable. Heck, there have been times in Bond movies where I've said, I hadn't really bought the by the chemistry. But by the time it got to that point, it was earned. It was deserved. I saw it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I could see how and why he would fall for someone of her caliber. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Good points. Good points, everybody. Let's bring it over to Jared. Let's roll the dice here, Mr. I-hate-modern-movies. Let's see if he's got a (laughs) high, low, or what the...
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? I'll tell you right now, I'm going to give it a high, and I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of things in this modern movie that made me happy. You guys went on at length about the chemistry there. It really... Hold off the whole May December romance thing, even though this is December of the following year of this May <laughs> December. Romance. I couldn't wait to get that joke out. Right. <laughs> it's a hunt for red December. <laughs> it's like deep into December, like bordering on the new year. But hey, he's still a handsome guy, so it'll fly, right? Somebody already mentioned the lean 90 minute runtime. That was in my notes. Uh we've talked before on on episodes of this or long box crusade about 90 minute. Movies are kind of a lost art. And as I was watching, I thought, this reminds me heavily of a something Elmore Leonard would do. And for our listeners who are maybe not as familiar, he did that very successful TV show Justified. This felt a lot like Justified to me. And that is a very high compliment. In fact, after I finished the movie, I watched it on my Plex. And like I said, my Plex is that thing where it'll show you some of the critiques from Rotten Tomatoes on it. And somebody had actually wrote this feels like Reheated Elmore Leonard, but like in a good way. <laughs> like, this is kind of what you want from it. And I had to agree. I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. This feels a lot like Justify the TV show, which I'm a big fan of. And it really felt like a maybe a 90-minute spin off episode of that in the coolest way. So, yeah, I had a lot going for it for this whole modern movie thing. And I think my favorite thing that it did kind of against type of modern movie was modern movies, especially if it's going to deal with the mob, right? First of all, Scorsese directs this. It's at least three hours long, right? We all, we all know that, right? And if it has to do with the mob, it has to kind of be dark. And and this one ends so brightly. He gets what he wants. Spoiler alert, they pull a little movie trickery on us for a happy ending where James Caan is still with us. And I was like, wow, uplifting, kind of fun, playful 90 minutes. Yeah, this is a mold-breaking for modern cinema. Movie. It reminds me of, you know, something that would have been made maybe in the 90s that was a lot of fun. So I, I know it kind of scatterbrained and all over the place, but I knew you were looking at me as the grumpy old man who I just don't
2: go to modern movies very much at all. And this one was fantastic, so I'm glad we watched it. So I'm going to add to Jared's this time, like Pat added to mine. Yeah, I like the 90 minutes. It was crisp. You, you have time for surprises, and they threw a couple in there. It was like... Is anybody really dead? What's what the heck's going on? <laughs> what is this? A comic book? This is supposed to be real life. But like but Bucky's yeah, back. <laughs> right. You know, oh you thought he was dead. He's not dead. He's alive again. Only to be killed again. <laughs> but yeah, so but the 90 minutes was crisp. And I, I kind of like that. So like it makes sense, particularly for this is a Netflix movie, I believe, right? I think Prime.
0: it was an Am- Amazon
2: or one of Prime. one of the yeah. social, well, not not social media. One one of the streaming platforms. Well, a lot of times streaming platforms are making their own in- individual content, and you don't see too many of those individual. Like you might see episodic, a lot of times those episodes are an hour piece, but you often don't see it like the Scorsese type, two and a half, three hours, three and a half. They're they're not trying to, I mean, they're trying to spend a little bit of money, but they're trying to make money. So they want something that's iterative. It's repeatable. Like you can repeat an hour and a half movie. You're not going to take much time from these actors schedule. They can come and probably spit one of these movies out in a week or two, get them on location, have them film their professionals, bada bing, bada boom. You got a movie. And if you do something like this, you're not even expecting it to be eye watering cinema. You're just expecting like ninety minutes. Like, no, that was a that was a pretty tasty meal, It just move the heck on about your day. So, bring back ninety minute movies. 100 <laughs> agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's uh, pretty unanimous here. We all like the crisp runtime, Jared. I think there's a good point about the twist at the end. And it kind of it still served the story because now it gives an extra dimension as to why Charlie is doing what he's doing. He knows he's got to remove all the threats that can uh, uh yeah. threaten his his boss and his friend before his friend can and he can retire in peace. So I thought that was a really good point as well. Outside of the the location cards, which uh which we I think we all agree we we didn't care for. We had some love for Morena Baccarin and and her role and great job that she's done. And, and we like the lean 90-minute movies. Let's start it again. Pat, do you have uh, another high, low, or what, though, that you'd like
3: to start with round two? Yeah, I will we'll start with a uh, high for Pierce Bronson in this one. I want to see old James Bond doing something, you know? Yeah, we saw Connery and, you know, never say never again. But this was kind of bondy ish kind of. You know, he's walking around with a gun, a nice suit, looking smooth. Taking people out like like that, and I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing like Bronson, Craig, Timmy, all these guys, you know, together just doing like a like an enforcer show or something like that. that would be uh, kind of cool. Expendables. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I mean, the, the
2: Rock. I mean, everyone says that The Rock yeah, was the rock. Uh, Sean that Connery's
3: was old man Bond movie. You know. Yeah, that's true. That was, the Rock was an, an, another good movie as well. But you know, I, I really enjoyed Pierce's portrayal in this one accent wise was eh you know we knew what going into it I, you know if you watched the trailer like I did you knew what was happening I can uh, recommend to you the
1: November man Pat although I think Fast Charlie was a better movie
3: November man he was in
1: yeah
0: okay. another post bond action movie hmm. What was the one we watched for action film face off Jared where he was, I was like a to that. God, I can't yes, remember it had in it, in and, it, and he was the bad guy, guy. Yeah, he, he was the villain in the movie.
1: Oh, gosh. It's gonna yeah. tell me, I can't remember what that was called. But yeah. it, the one thing I learned from that movie is, I mean, he's good in everything. But I like to see Brosnan happy. Like happy Brosnan when he does little smiles and stuff. That's the best. And that's mm-hmm. what made this movie so good is is it's like he gets to genuinely be happy.
0: Oh, <laughs> And I thought that's pretty good. I thought Brosnan did a, a great role as well. I really enjoyed that the loyalty and friendship he had towards James Caan. I thought that was really heartwarming. But let's pass it over to Alan and see what he has to add. Survivor. It's called Survivor. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a
1: survivor.
0: That's the movie with him in 2015. was <laughs> good. All right. Now let's pass it over to Alan and see what he has to add.
4: It also starred me merely... <laughs> See, I know to leave four seconds of silence because he's going to jump in. So. Yeah, he's got to end <laughs> it. Right. He's got jokes and jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now let's pass it over to Alan and see what he has to add. One, two,
4: three. No, okay, go. You're reading my mind, Jason, because I see one of the things I loved about this was the relationships. We already talked about the relationship between Brosnan and Marina. I thought that worked really well. But for me, one of the highlights was the back and forth and the dialogue with Brosnan and James Caan. And actually, the way that it showed Charlie as, you know, yeah, he's this hit man who is very professional about his job and doesn't really have any emotion around that. But on the other hand, he is literally the carer for his boss who has Alzheimer's and, you know, is actually teaching the day nurse how to look after him, making sure that the guy has his meals and his stuff like that and you know and his his medication and going and watching the game with him and coaching him along that really touched probably because a couple of years ago watched my father go through that before he passed away so that sort of really touched me that relationship and of course this is also james Kahn's last movie It was actually released after he passed so it had that sort of resonance to it as well but I, i just thought a lot of the the dialogue we talked earlier about the writing i wasn't that enamored of the plot i thought it was a bit of a exposition-heavy, driven plot. And story-wise, it didn't really get me. But the relationship between the characters, the dialogue, the feisty dialogue, particularly between those leads, but actually just some of the the back and forth. I love the one about, oh, you've met my number two guy. Well, wait until you meet my number one guy. And then he uh, he finally meets the number one guy. Oh, you're the number one guy. You're not that tough. And and the trick with the bottle and the airbag, I'm never going to... I am never gonna drink, yeah. never gonna drink a bottle of root beer in a car ever again. Um, that was, that was so dirty.
2: That was yeah.
0: dirty. I, I just, tried. I have to break in and say, if this was action film face off, that
4: would have been titled
0: uh, "Let me help you choke that down." <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was different. It, you watch a lot of ac- uh, action movies, and it's like, oh yeah, I've seen somebody di- you know die that way, or I've seen this sort of thing. And it was like, where's he going with that? They kept focusing in on the root beer bottle. And then when it happened, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. That was, uh, that That was was different. That was fun. But yeah, for me, um, like I say, plot wise, it didn't really grab me, but relationship wise and dialogue wise, I thought it was really good. And to Jared's point about it being a a bright movie in terms of the the characters and the, the way they ended the stories, it was bright from that point of view, but I actually also thought it was bright from a cinematography point of view, considering it was such a dark movie in terms of its subjects and the violence. It was actually lit very brightly. And it, you know, showed the seven locations to a really good thing. And you could always tell what was going on. Um, Even during the sort of fight chase through the hotel and the dark corridors of the hotel, you could still tell what was going on. And in a lot of modern action movies, you'd lose that. So I I thought it looked really good as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. The look was definitely unique. And and I hear you. The plot was pretty, eh, you know, it was okay. It was enough to move the story along, but I agree, and I think that's kind of the theme I'm hearing from all the fellows is that it's really the chemistry and the relationships in this movie that really hold it together. But let's pass it over to Delvin and see what he has to add.
2: So I gave props to the main supporting actress, and so we can talk about Pierce a little bit more. I appreciated that he was older and he acted older. Not only his mannerisms, but his fighting, too. It was efficient and it was, I don't have time to waste. And even when, when he finally met up with number one, you see, he didn't try and engage him directly. There was none of that. Like he tried to get out of there and escape and run quickly. And heck, he literally hit from the man and like, and boo, you talk about in a clever way where <laughs> the guy, I was wondering, was he going to do it? And the guy shot up in the laundry chute and it winged him and he was like, mm. And, and he held it and because it like which shows what a grizzled old professional that he was. I love that he had a code that he lived by. I love that again, since it's an hour and a half, it's very clipped, but they gave a legitimate motivation as to why he would stay. Even tying it back to his childhood and showing what his boss like opened up and revealed for him. And and sometimes, you know, you can do a scene like that and it can just fall flat on its face with a less than experienced actor. But at that piece of exposition, I thought that Brosnan really delivered on it. So I was I was impressed. I, I saw it and it's like, you know, a lot of times in movies, you know, when you are faced with an exposition or contrivance, you're like, okay, either I A buy it or I B do not. You either on the train or off the train. And so I bought it. I bought it in its entirety. I bought him being an aging fixer uh, as well. It, it, there was such a good time, a chance that they had when he was describing himself. And he could have been like more like a problem eliminator. And I would have been like, oh, oh, he, he a said the thing. He said the thing. thing. There it is. He had his chance. I wanted him to say it so bad. (laughs) So there was a ton to like. Is my long winding point here with Pierce Brosnan? Uh, He was very likable, and I mean, the man is aging well too. I have no idea what Pierce Brosnan's age is, but you know, he needs to keep drinking whatever he's drinking. He needs to keep doing whatever he's doing
0: because it's working. He looks good. Yeah, that's a really good point. He's in his twilight years, obviously, in this film, but he's still holding up well, and he's still matching wits and and uh, going toe to toe with the best of them. And it definitely shows in this movie. All right, Jared, are we going to get two highs in a row from you? It's just or? My, okay, just my... here we go. By okay. the way, Pierce Brosnan is seventy. That's what I was about to say. You got me,
1: oh.
4: Alan. Got me. I was Dang. waiting for that four second gap, but I have to get ah, in. You
1: Ah, oh, my old weapon's used against me. Why? But it does look good. In fact, there's a scene where it's a social setting. I think it's a flashback. They're having a party, backyard birthday party. And he's doing the old man black socks to the knee with shorts. I outfit. know.
3: I know. <laughs>
1: At first, I was like, why are they doing Pierce like this? And then I was like, he's rocking dude? it. He's he's rocking it. I was like, this guy has got so much charisma that he can rock this thing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely believable for something someone would wear in Mississippi, you know, for a backyard birthday party. It's like, but he looks so good. In it. I was like,
0: <laughs> eating that Winn-Dixie
1: cake. Yeah. <laughs> Winn-Dixie cake. So they did a pretty good job of bringing in sort of the South. And it just felt right as far as, you know, I live now. <laughs> I live down here in the South. But you guys have pretty much hit every high that I had on my card. I just... Can't be the only one that thought when he was picking out his pistols. Did he not linger on a certain pistol? Yes, for, I saw that. Yes, just a little while. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, it's Awfully familiar. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's holding. He's got the thing. He's got the thing. <laughs> 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 and I have to think. I was like, they have to have done that on purpose. That was That was pretty cool. So that will lead me to my final high. I echo everything you guys said. And this kind of goes with what Delvin said. Just the gunplay overall. I thought the gunplay was really good really reminded me of the equalizer movies with denzel washington who's played who plays an aging you know badass and economy movement smooth you can tell he's very capable with a firearm lots of confidence in what he's doing and that that shown through here so yeah i'm pretty much just repeating what everybody else said it's a 90 minute movie so there's not a lot (laughs) else to say but that's another. it's like i said that's another plus of it so Yeah, absolutely easy to recommend, and it's going to get a good score from me. I feel I'm going to start mixing some martinis. We'll see how many. So let it be written, so let it be
0: done. All right, three fun facts for y'all. We talked about it. This was James Caan's final film, and I got to say, he went out strong. Went out strong on this film. Second, Kevin Costner and Brian Cranston both were interested in the role of Charlie. They couldn't make their schedules work, so Pierce Brosnan got it instead. Beating out a couple uh, pretty good names there. And finally, I knew somebody was going to bring up the PPK there in his gun collection. (laughs) Ah However, there were two. There were two homages to his James Bond character. That one I knew you guys would get. There's a second one, and I'm going to give a pause to say that anybody catch it. He
2: dressed as a clown. No way. That was Roger Moore. <laughs> no,
0: that no. um, like, Daniel Craig. Not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's drinking? Like his coffee or whatever? No, that's a mm-hmm. good guess. But mm-hmm. in the scene when he kills Benny, when he finds out Benny betrayed them and he kills Benny in the club, he's standing before a series of cabinets and the cabinets all have numbers on them and he's Stands in front of number seven and kills him. Aha, very and, good. And allegedly that was uh that, that was intentional on the part of the director. So with those fun facts out of the way, it's time to rate Fast Charlie. And as a reminder for folks, as you know, we're going into the new year here, so folks may have forgotten. It goes like this, seven, you loved it, shook your martini, six, excellent, five, very good, four, good, three, eh, okay, two, not so good, and one, I hated it, it stirred your martini. So, it's time to put them on the table. Script says, Jared, you got to go first. What are you giving it? Oh, man, I got to set the bar here. hmm hmm First, I want to say, as far as the post-Bond
1: career action films go, I feel like, unless I'm forgetting something, I feel like The Rock is probably still my favorite. and This is probably my second favorite post-Bond action film. Unless, of course, we're counting Sir Roger Moore in The Quest with Jean-Claude Van Damme.
0: <laughs> That's good. I mean, but... Yeah. Roger Moore and Cannonball Run? Come on now. <laughs> oh, see, that's, yeah. not, that's not post-Bond. He was still Bond. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true.
1: As I did true. just now Google, when did folks come out? Because I like folks. <laughs> I think it was during Bond as well. But anyway, it got me thinking, like, these post-Bond action films. And I'm like, yeah, this is definitely top tier. In fact, I can't think of a ton of others. Anyway, I've stalled enough time. I'm going to say it was almost perfect. If he had referred to himself as a problem eliminator, which I was waiting for too, Delvin, it would have been a seven. <laughs> I think we were all waiting for I'm it. I'm giving it a six. It's a strong six. And that's how I'm going to set the bar.
0: All right. Hey, that's a good idea. I had actually prepared a question for the guest. If we had a guest since we didn't, I didn't ask the question. It might be worth going around the horn. And Jared, you said uh, you think the rock is the best movie by a, a Bond actor in a non-Bond role. Let's see what the other folks think. And uh, Alan, I know you've got something on your mind, so I'm going to go to you first. I'm just panicking, googling dates
4: on movies at the moment.
0: It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, favorite, it doesn't have to be non-
4: post Bond. Bond uh, is non- the affair, but I don't know if that was post Bond. It doesn't have to be
0: post Bond in these rules. Those are Jared's Stupid rules. I'd have to look. It was, it, in, it, for what I is worth, it, it, was. it wasn't post Bond because. I saw that in college with Jared,
2: and he oh, was yeah, still still he was uh, he was still Bond. Yeah, it's ninety nine.
4: It's ninety nine. He was still Bond. Okay, I'll go with the rock then. <laughs> <laughs> All it's right, because no. it's a fun movie. <laughs> I'll probably think of something else after we hang out, but uh, yeah. All right, Pat. What do you think? Uh, you know,
3: it has to be a post bond, or no? It doesn't have to. It just has
4: to be a non-bond, non-bondy
3: film. Okay. Oh, if you're changing the rules, I'm going back to Tom's Chronofer then. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. That's a good movie. Boy, yeah, that's a lot to. I don't think I've seen a lot of Roger Moore outside of Bond. The others, Tom's Chronofer, I did see. The Rock, of course. I saw Indiana Jones, of course. You know know, oh, yeah, that's Jordan. a good one too. That's a good yeah. one. You call him Dr. Jones. Well, that's right. Flash Gordon with Timothy Dalton. Senior. Yes. Uh-huh. Flash Gordon with the, ooh, <laughs> the there you go. That's a good one. Um, you know, I'm gonna go with outside the box here. I'm gonna go with Craig with the 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 mystery movie. Oh, knives, knives out. out. Uh, knives Out, yeah. Knives Out in the second yeah. Okay, all right. Too, where he plays the detective. I liked him. Where he plays that kind of quirky kind of guy like that. Some
0: Blanc, Detective Blanc, yeah, yeah, Detective yeah. Blanc.
3: Different character, totally for him. So he pulled it off well. If All right. See, if you want to see him mass-
4: massacre a southern accent, try Logan Lucky. Fun movie. That's a really good, really
0: good movie. Delvin, your turn. What do you got? Oh yes. Am I rating the
2: movie or am I giving another movie?
0: I'll just give another movie. Just, just your this was gonna be my what I'd ask the guest, but I, I figured i would ask you guys.
2: Man, I'll say I remember Daniel Craig was in Tomb Raider before he took over the Bond role. So I will do that. Because I remember seeing him and right. doing a double doing a double take, is like, who
0: is that? <laughs> like he
2: looked so fresh faced and snot nosed, and he was probably in his thirties even then. But so like it was surprising. He he definitely just looked more grimmer and grittier uh, most of the time seeing him in the Bond movies even from Casino Royale. So I'll go with that
0: one. Very cool. Jared, you sticking with uh, Connery and the Rock? Or, or or since we changed the rules, you want to go with Roger Moore and Folks? Uh, I want to go with Zardoz. Uh,
1: oh, <laughs> yes, another good one. Yeah, actually, green. honestly, Jason, the best movie I've, I think I've ever seen and Pat's got me on the teeter now because he did say Indiana Jones 3. But, man, the Maurice Feldman Highlander. I love the Highlander. Oh, that
0: was going to oh, be mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I might have to pick Highlander.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that, that is tough, mine. though.
1: You, you Again, going mine. up against Indiana Jones, though, that, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose sleep over that, thinking about that, that tonight. That is, yeah. yeah. I guess I'll go oh. Highlander just because he gets to be more actiony. Yeah. Yeah. I think I Indiana like goes Indiana Jones. Smart heart. Smart heart. Maybe it's slightly better as a movie, but, but getting to see him
0: like wield sword. Uh,
1: Welcome to Connery Cash, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is hour two of Jared talks about John Connery <laughs> movies that he loves.
0: Well, that's why I'm getting ideas so that we can bring back <laughs> this is also I'm also future shopping here. Work shopping.
4: You didn't you in didn't real time. You didn't mention the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen there, Jared. Come on. I actually like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have no problem. I do too. I quite like it.
0: <laughs> I know Connery hated it, but I I liked it. This is final live action film. Yeah, that was his last one. He was like, I quit. <laughs> all right. I think we're rating these, and I took us off the rail. So, Jared, you could just. Chop I was at these. a six. You were at a six. <laughs> all right. So we got to go back to J- now. We got to go back to Delvin and see what Delvin's actually going to rate this film. As, you know, normal when we race. So
2: probably like uh, one behind Jared with a five. I thought it was good. There was only like a small lag at the start where I was kind of like, okay, well, we got all the players in place. Like, when's the action going to start? And then the action started. I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. (laughs) And it it didn't let up. It, It actually, for a 90 minute movie, took its time with the pacing. And then once the action started, it did not stop. And and continued all the way until uh, the action needed to conclude. So it was a good movie, uh, a brisk hour and a half. At no point was I distracted looking at the phone. So all the earmarks of a good movie and great
0: lead actor, great supporting actress as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Got a six from Jared,
3: five from Delvin. Pat, what do you say? Yeah, I agree with Delvin that the pacing and the timing with this was well done for me. It kept me awake. And if it keeps me awake, that's over a four, at least. That's halfway there. So I'm going to be at a five. Could I go a little bit higher and meet Jared at that six? Man, it's tempting. It's tempting. But I would watch this one again. And I think probably if I watch it again, I'd probably bump it up a little bit more. But right now, it was a five. I was very entertained with this one. All right. Two fives and a six. Alan, what say
4: you, sir? I'm bringing it down to a four.
0: Oh, um, boy, you really hated those place cards. Yeah, I did, yeah.
4: <laughs> they lost a point for the place cards and a point for the no, um, partly that, but like I said, I found the plot pretty pedestrian. I didn't really like the story. For me, it was all about the relationships. And I actually wrote in my notes if this wasn't Brosnan, would you have kept watching it? And I'm not sure I wouldn't. If it had been Kevin Costner, I'm not sure I'd have watched it all the way through. Mm, um Okay.
1: You mean your fellow Englishman? The guy who played Robin Hood.
4: Yeah, yeah, ahead. yeah. With his brilliant English accent. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, the best Robin Hood ever. <laughs> Sir Costner? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't... If it's For me, what made it was the relationships, Brosnan's acting, and a few of the set pieces. So yeah, I thought it was good. But I'm not sure I'd rewatch it again. And if it had been somebody else, I'm not sure I would have watched it all the way through. So mm, that's okay, why I get, that's why it gets a full... Um, that and the, the magic button on the printer, <laughs> <laughs> boy. Oh, that's a tough grader that
3: reporter. You, know, <laughs> you know, I like this because we all have different takes on this one. And what I like is that you know I look at it from a different lens. I know Alan and Jared are looking at it from a storyteller, and because they've written stuff and, and they do a lot of that stuff, so they're looking at the beats and all that. Mm-hmm. And so it that helps me open my eyes a little bit more now to when i'm watching this stuff so i appreciate that yeah no
0: that's a good point and that's why we do it you know we have different views it'd be boring if we all saw everything mm-hmm. the same way every time true uh just leaves me i guess i'm gonna give it a 5.5 5 and we'll roll <laughs> into the closing <laughs> jason
2: <laughs> yes sir uh, uh you you can't do that it is rude
0: uh in spy culture to leave half a martini that's true. Bond has taught us anything. It's always finish your martini. All right. I'm going to go with a five. I'm going to join the join Team Pat, Team Delvin on the five train. The plot was probably three. The characters were, were sixes or sevens. Uh, action was probably around a six. So when I, you know, when I sorted it all out, probably about a five. So there we go. Three fives, a six and a four. It's a four. Hey, if you want this kind of movie with
1: Kevin Costner, check out a movie called Three Days to Kill. I think it's called Three Days to Kill.
0: Okay. Good. All right. It's Three good. Days it to Kill.
1: Right. Do it. It got in that very popular genre after Liam Neeson hit with um Taken. Oh
0: <laughs> yes. So Three Days Ooh, to Kill, right. I think is what it was called. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, that's the show. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com. Or you can go over on our X page at ohmspod. Also, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. That'll help raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family to our program. As a reward for leaving a review, we will read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. All right. I want to thank the entire team for joining me on this episode. Delvin and Jared and Pat and Alan and Joe November for letting me do that. Fi- oh, no, that's right. He wasn't here. So see. No, Joe November. Before we go. Let's uh, find out where the listeners can find them on the internet. Alan, go ahead and kick us off.
4: For James Bond stuff, you can find me at Bond Lexicon on Twitter, X, and James Bond Lexicon on Instagram and Tumblr. And there is the jamesbondlexicon.online website, which is the companion website for the James Bond Lexicon book, which you can find at all good
0: online retailers. All right. Well, you can find me and Jason Albrick on Instagram and on Threads. And Jared, where can you uh, be found? I'm at Yard Sale Artist on X and Facebook and Instagram. It's all at
1: Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com.
3: Pat? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on The X, hanging out at Christatos01. On where can you be found? Yeah, The X. Now, I'm getting used to saying the X. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my ex wife. I'm not hanging out at her <laughs> house. I'm hanging out on the Twitter X, you know. I got you. Thanks for that
1: clarification. Yeah. I like the way you say X in a sexy way. It's like Sabbath ex- Let's
0: put the X. It's like kiss.
4: Let's put <laughs> Let's the ex- Delvin, ex- I think, was about ex- to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess we better let Delvin. You guys are going to derail me again. Go ahead, Delvin.
4: X, baby?
0: Give, give him four <laughs> seconds, Delvin. <laughs> Delvin go 1004 okay you can find me on twitter x
2: at de underscore ay 1977 you can find me on instagram at Delvin
0: Ray thank you Delvin and we'd like to thank all of you for listening and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of MI6 Rogue Agents if you've enjoyed this crew and you want to hear more of us but in the realm of comic books and all that good stuff check out the long box crusade Pat where can they find that well, Jason, I'm
3: glad you asked. You can find the Lawn Crusade on the X at Lawn Crusade. Or we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at Lawn Crusade or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're everywhere.
0: Thanks, fellas, for taking on yet another dangerous mission. And thanks for listening for those of you who tuned in. And we hope to hear from you soon. Next episode of MI6 Rogue Agents will feature... Pat's turn. Pat, you're up, buddy. So let's get, get those wheels turn turning and think about what we're going to be doing next time. And there will be a next time because On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast we will return.
1: Bye. Bye. This episode features the James Bond Goldeneye 007 Trap Remix by The Wibbler.
3: When I was with Am in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Takes. Thank you, Miss Money Penny.
0: That's all. That's all. It's noise. I saw it. I was wondering which of you was going to do it. My money was on Pat. And I... it, it, it was. I did, I did it, and then I looked at Pat, and then Pat was nodding. Yeah. I was wondering which of you it was going to be.